everyone, and uh, welcome to the fourth episode of Slice of Life Sciences Real Estate. Today, I am delighted um, to be joined by Emily Knight, VP of Operations at The Engine. Um, we'll obviously let Emily give the rundown of who The Engine is, what they are, what they do, but for quick background, they were built by MIT in 2017. Um, they're a venture firm that invests in early stage companies solving the world's biggest problems um, and kind of have a unique platform, which is a combination of investments, infrastructure and community as well. So, Emily, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Thank you. I, we were catching up right before, and um, I, I mentioned how excited I was to have this conversation, given how frequently we, we talk and how much you have going on. Yep. So excited, excited to dive in. Um, why don't we just start off with the basics? So how did you find yourself in this role and sector? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, so I... Um, I my career has been a little bit interesting. I went to the um, hotel school at Cornell. So I have that's like a combination business and hospitality degree. So I had um, worked in my first job out of college was at the Olympics in Greece, where I worked for the company that fed all the athletes. And so since then had been uh, working in food service as a general manager and then flipped over um, from the sort of like general management to in food over into co-working which actually has quite a few similarities and and similar threads it's sort of like co-working is running a restaurant where you don't serve food and you have the same customers every day um but very much customer service and and um with a, a hint on real estate and so i worked for work bar for almost four years we grew in that period from um two locations one in boston one in cambridge it was right when WeWork moved to the city too. So there was this, um, a little bit of like competition and who was going to get all the, you know, the next wave of customers that were looking into coworking. Um, and when I left, we had eight locations and had just started this really interesting partnership with Staples. Um, and when I left, I was sort of just like looking for something new. I had all of this really interesting experience, especially on the real estate side. Um, and had a few contacts where I got hooked up with the engine. The engine was really young. I think the day I interviewed was the night after their launch party. So it was a, a funny day to be there. Everyone was exhausted, but like still on this high from the party. Um, and I went in to have a conversation and there wasn't really a role, but I had talked about building networks and sort of what we had done in the co-working co and community world that I had come from. Um, and so when I went to the engine, I was starting what we called the engine room. And that was an initiative that we still do and is why, you know, I'm, I'm still at the engine and very, very busy, um, where we are connecting companies that are in the early stages, you know, very little funding to equipment and resources that they wouldn't necessarily be able to afford or don't have access to. A great example that we use a lot is with flow cytometry. Most young companies can't afford to buy their own piece of equipment, but need access to it pretty regularly. 
Um, and so we were able to find access at a number of different local institutions at an hourly rate and kind of have a model, if you think of like a Zipcar or Airbnb, for labs and really expensive um, resources. And so once I went in to do that and started finding partners in the area that were really on board with that, we started to think of our own space that we have, still have at 501 Mass Ave. It's about 30,000 square feet of co-working space, a little bit of lab. Um, as oh, so was, was the original vision just the investment piece of the engine and then you kind of came into well so the engine room was always i will so the engine has always been the idea was that we are a venture capital firm we're investing in tough tech these are um, early companies and so we were always going to have a suite of services i think as we got there and started to design around what that was um, a lot of this sort of bubbled up and our model today we say that um, it's uh, capital network and infrastructure it was always a version of those things. I think we just solidified it through um, sort of trial and error and what it was. Um, when I when I first was there, there was a group of us that sat in an office that we called the messy middle room. And that's because like everything between the first percent of forming the company and the last percent of exiting, we called the messy middle. And so how were we going to help um, all of our all of these teams that we were investing in develop their company and figure out the messy middle. And so we had a lot of programmatic aspects, but we still do. We just have sort of developed those into now what we call the network and sort of anything. There's the capital piece, obviously, the investment that we put in, the partners that really work hard for these companies and the work that we do around the capital stack. And then the infrastructure piece where we are providing, whether it's our own or through partners, resources, access, and equipment. And then the network piece is really any way that we can provide them relationships, introductions, and we use our platform and our voice um, to connect to them to anyone that can really help them accelerate their path. And that could be local academia, it could be corporate relationships, it could be government. Um, and so there's an effort on our end to convene people. We have a number of events we do throughout the year to bring people into our orbit um, and to find ways to connect our companies to others um, through a number of efforts because these have sort of been the standout pillars we've seen that are, are the best way to accelerate this path to commercialization for our teams. Are, are you more involved in, I guess, hands-on in the discovery phase of the company or do you stay sticky throughout the entire process until when they scale up to commercial product? Um, that's a great question. So most of our investments have been pretty early on. I think we there was always an idea that um, we would potentially fall off at a certain point. And, um, you know, some of our companies are are raising A rounds and B rounds and we haven't fallen off yet. That is a um, an exercise that we are thinking through as we scale up and and potentially raise more funds. Um, but I think some of our companies, it's really hard to step away from. Um, obviously, there will be a natural point where that may happen, but um, we are really hands-on in the beginning. And um, as they progress, they all have their different strengths. They sort of, whether they leave our space and physically outgrow us or not, um, that happens. But so far, we have we have been we have remained very involved in almost every single company. You mentioned uh, tough tech companies being the focus. What, just for those that don't know, I guess, what does that exactly mean? That's a good question. Uh, we actually, 
had to figure out a, a real definition for that a long time ago. Um, so what we created the definition we did, well, it had, we had to do it for our board and, and, and also kind of for the world, it was good to figure that out. So we say tough tech is transformative technology that solves the world's most important challenges through the convergence of breakthrough science, engineering, and leadership. Um, the convergence piece, I think, is a really big part of that. We've designed our new facility around that convergence. So we'll have both science and, you know, wet lab, bio lab, chem lab spaces and engineering. So think fabrication, um, additive manufacturing, prototyping labs, um, and then big, you know, just open wide warehouse like fabrication spaces. Um, and the leadership component for us is that we we are investing in the the original founders of these companies, the the people who have um, created this technology or worked on this technology and PhD and postdoc programs. And we invest pretty heavily through the work of the um, the fund team and the partners in the leadership of these founders. Um, I'll, I'll certainly ask about the the new facility in a second, but I, I was just reading some stats about the tough tech industry and just saw, I think it was growing like 50% year over year with over maybe a hundred billion dollars in investments this past year. Yeah. We, Um, we actually just partnered with PitchBook to do a really great report. I think it came out last year. It's a, it's, there's a lot of capital right now, so it's a good time for tough tech for sure. Has that like, have you, have you doubled down on those types of companies I guess segueing into the the new development at 750 Maine. If you want to just quickly talk about what what's coming, since it's one of the most talked about projects in Greater Boston, but has your philosophy in investing or the companies that come within your platform shifted at all, or is it still focus on the bread and butter from the beginning? Yeah, I think we. Um... I think the nice part is it helps our companies out further down the, the line in what we call the tech capital stack. So it's not as hard to get them funding. Um, and I, I hope that that's true. I don't know that it's always true. But uh, we the goal was always to also grab more attention from venture capitalists who weren't putting money into tough tech and, and weren't thinking of the, you know, the long term and the, the patient aspect of the capital. So um, I don't think it's changed what we're doing. I think we're just happy to see that there's a lot of money um, that is going into technology and then, you know, into our, the companies that we've also invested in the, um, the project is, um, was really born out of our our original facility was, was very quickly. We realized it was never going to be able to house our companies for as long as they would need to grow and incubate at that early stage. And too early in their process, they needed to go out and, and sign leases and rent a space they couldn't afford or they couldn't get a lease because they couldn't afford it. And so we wanted to be able to house them a little bit longer and, and we could make that um, capital investment in space and resources and they could pay for it on a monthly basis and through monthly burn. Um, so the, the 10X project, we've dubbed it the 10X project. It was originally 10 times the size of our current facility. Um, Oh, so did you know, or was that on the horizon before it was, you even moved into 501 Mass Ave? I, I think it was always really kind of, you know, it's a, um, it's a, we're doing this project with MIT, and I think the building had been there for a while, and so when we had, um, when we decided and sort of saw that it was very obvious we would need a much bigger space in partnership with MIT, we found this opportunity, so... 
it was always an idea that we would need more space and that the engine would need to be bigger than what we started with. Um, it became clear, I think, sooner than anyone thought it would. Um, I, I joined the engine in 2017, and in early 2018, we were already talking about expansion and started to kick off a process with um, with an architect to do a sort of program study. So we were already thinking about this and how could we support as our portfolio grew and as we had more teams that were, you know, not just adding companies to the portfolio, but they were growing in size, how could we support them in this way? Um, I think at the time, Greentown Labs had also just added wet lab facilities. So it was clear that everyone was sort of starting to think of the same thing. And, and you know, Lab Central, who's another great f uh, ecosystem partner, is constantly full, you know, that a lot of our companies were working out of there as well. And so we saw this as a way to just add to the ecosystem and um, specifically to support companies who needed this convergent space. So the, the fabrication and the wet lab in one building. And so the, the building is coming online in um, September of this year, so not far <laughs> at all. Um, about 60,000 square feet of dedicated lab space, um, and that's wet lab, that's uh, bio, BSL-2 space lab, what we say is chemistry labs with fume hoods, um, and that is a combination of open and shared facilities, so you could rent by the, the bench, or we have um, lab suites, so for a medium team or a large team could rent a suite as well. And the idea being sort of thinking about back to 2017 and 2018, watching our teams grow and need more space, this would give a company the ability to grow in the building. So you start off, you rent maybe two to five or five to 10 benches in an open lab. And then once you're at that moment where you've raised the right amount of money, you could move into a medium or a large suite whenever you're ready to do that growth. And so you could really stay in the building um, until you have raised that that right amount of funding where you're going out to do your build out and your pilot plan or a manufacturing facility and it makes sense and it's part of your roadmap and it's not earlier than you needed to and spending dollars that you know need to go into your into de-risking your technology and hitting your milestones yeah with uh, just thinking about i guess the model of the the incubator I assume there's a ton of thought that goes into how you actually like, what's the, even the process for how you build out the space, just knowing that company might shuffle from one suite to the next is, is it just overbuild the infrastructure and be able to backfill it if they expand into another space? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot. I mean, I think the, we had a few key tenants of design when we did this. One was definitely flexibility. We had to have space that was the most flexible. I mean, when we were doing this, there wasn't other than the Greentown Labs. Um, they have about 2000 square feet of of chemistry space. There wasn't really any chemistry space on the market. And so that was a big thing that we wanted to make sure we included because a lot of our materials teams uh, needed that type of space. We also wanted to make sure that if, you know, those chemistry labs were being unused, they could flip and become biology space. So obviously there's a huge demand for biology in the Kendall Square market. Um, and so that type of flexibility early on and the partners that we worked with at Gensler were amazing and they understood pretty quickly what we needed to do and where we wanted to be flexible, where we wanted to build an infrastructure and where we wanted to save 
money so that maybe on day two or day three in those like later stage projects that you do, then you can build in more flexibility. Um, it is really hard to design a building of this size and a program when you don't know who the tenants are. And um, we did work with our early, very early on, we gathered a couple groups of CTOs and CSOs and asked them to just have design sessions with us and throw out, you know, their experiences. Most of them had started in co-working spaces and, you know, lab type co-working spaces. And it wasn't just our portfolio. We sort of grabbed people in the greater ecosystem. Um, but that was not easy. Um, and I think we've done a pretty good job. The other piece is that we build around flexibility. A lot of people on our team, you know, I try to find people who understand that we're mission focused and that we are here to help these companies grow. And so our answer when they say, you know, we need to turn a flex lab into a clean room isn't no way we're not going to do that. It's um, okay. Let's figure out how to do that. Um, and that's sort of, I think, a lot of what we do at the engine, not just on my team with the infrastructure and the operations, you know, from the general partners down, is we are here to support these teams on their journey and, um, and get them to, to um, commercialization. And so we think that way, I think, as a team. Yeah, what's, what's the process? I, well, I guess if, if, if it's a portfolio company, that's one thing because you're investing in the company. But if a, if a company were to say, we want to join the the 10x future development. I guess what's the what's the process from having a conversation? I assume you have to figure out if they're a fit um, to actually becoming a tenant of the space. Yeah, that's a great question. We've uh... and you probably have an oversubscribed amount of people trying to join. Yeah, the market is is uh, pretty crazy right now. So um, when we were trying to, you know, the recent conversations are who's going to fit in where and who, how do we fill the building? We have definitely prioritized our portfolio. And, um, and then, you know, I think through our portfolio and through a number of programs that we run, whether they're events that we host, you know, there's a really great program that um, our fund team operates called Blueprint, where we're seeing companies sort of like pre-formation, really, really interesting technologies. Um, Activate is another really great fellowship program to your fellowship program where there are just really interesting things happening. And so we can look at those companies and talk to those teams as they're looking to have space and, you know, operate in the ecosystem. Um, and we can be a little bit picky. I, I, I think it's really important to me and to the engine that in uh, that we are creating the right community in this building. Um, it is it is about having physical space and, and being able to get your work done, but it's also about having community around you. And, you know, network is one of our three pillars. I think this building will be a network for the founders and the companies who work there. And, you know, that, that key group of advisors that a founder has, we hope that um, a lot of them will find those advisors and, and those um, people they trust and can go to in this building. So that, that will be really important as we as we you know go through and find the right companies to work in the building and there will certainly be turnover and we will have a lot of people come through but to me getting it right with this first you know for lack of a better term cohort of tenants um is really important in creating this community and setting the tone yeah the uh i think the community at community aspect is the most interesting to me or the most exciting for me as you think about it instead of just 
especially as an early stage company, just potentially being siloed in a building somewhere totally different. So um, yeah, and there's the there's the early stage, which is hard for any founder. And I think for us, there's also you know a lot of these companies are trying to do something really new. They might be disrupting an industry or creating a new one, and so that sort of like first of a kind feeling where there might not be people you can say, hey, how did you do this with with all of the things you're going through? But, you know, that there are other people going through that same feeling is also something that, you know, there can be community around that. So it's not so lonely. Um, we're under a time crunch because we're, we have to keep it under a certain amount of time. But um, out of curiosity, are you or is the engine given the explosive growth this quickly, are you thinking about other markets that have a positive outlook for these types of investments? Or is it really just focused on greater Boston given the MIT roots of the engine? Um, so we've made a, a pr obviously a pretty significant investment in Boston and, and really want to sort of double down on our efforts here. I think we, we want to be able to bring people here, not just because there's a physical facility, but because there is a community. Not all of our investments are in the greater Boston area, but we, we do have like a, a, a very, um, a, a lot of effort right now around Boston. I do think we, th you know, we think that the impact of Tough Tech is global. So there is, you know, we bring people here, but the impact is global. So there are different aspects of this. But for right now, you know, given our efforts around opening this facility and trying to convene people around our, our companies and to create this network, there is a lot of focus on Boston. How, how many um, portfolio companies do you have at this point? Or what is it? Three, the third fund. Uh, so we have uh, two funds. Two funds. Um, and then a um, two main funds. I think we. I think the number is thirty-seven or thirty-eight. Um, it's always kind of moving, but I'm pretty sure the number is thirty-seven, as of like right now. That could well, change tomorrow. As of yesterday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, one final question, just to keep it light. What is the most exciting? Um, part of being part of the engine team that you didn't necessarily anticipate going in or what gives you the most satisfaction? Oh, I, working with these companies and the founders, um, they are just, they're incredible people. They're incredible leaders. Um, and what they're trying to achieve is just really awesome. So, you know, even in my world, I'm helping them like look at leases and look at space, but it's just a fun process. They're really, really interesting people. And um, I'm just, you know, happy to be here to help in any way I can. And, um, and that's been, I mean, my hospitality sort of background, I think I would love working with people anyway, but these are some of the most incredible people um, in the world doing, you know, really transformative world changing technologies. Um, so it's a win win for me. Yeah, I can, can only imagine how much you learn on a day-to-day -day basis from them. Yeah, I do so. a lot of Googling, but... Um. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much, Emily. Um, really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And uh, stay busy. Yeah. I'm sure you will. Thank you, you too. <laughs>